Kobe, creator and host of Always Shine Brightly. I named this podcast Always Shine Brightly because I believe that is what we are each here to do. And in times where we feel we're not shining bright, I feel it's still our purpose to work through and shift whatever is dimming our light. In this podcast, I'm speaking with guests who I see as bright lights in the world despite any struggles they may have gone through. The more of us who do this, the better the world becomes. Join us on this shared mission to make the world a brighter place. Well, I'm happy to be back on the podcast today with my friend Jordan Simmons. Jordan, welcome to the podcast. Happy to have you here. Thank you so much, Jan. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> well, Jordan, <laughs> I always love to share with people how we met. And we met um, a little over two years ago. It was August of 2018 on the other side of the world in New Zealand for a retreat that was put on by Regan, Regan Hillier and her partner Wampa. And it was called Soul Remembrance Retreat. We are both from the States, but we both made this choice to fly all the way to New Zealand, which, hey, let, let's face it, that's exciting to do that. It's not a hardship <laughs> of trying, in terms of trying to get somewhere. Yeah. But we, um, <laughs> it was it was a four day retreat where mo- most of the participants were staying on site. So it was pretty fully immersive we met that kind of that first evening, we were a handful of people that got there early. And I just remember connecting with you right away and just feeling like just loving being in your presence as you, you just for context, like, I love to let people know when when young people are on their spiritual path at an early age, I think at the time, you might have been 25. You're 27 so. now, maybe? Yes, correct. Good memory. <laughs> so I just love like like showcasing like I really feel like the current generations and, and the younger generations are coming to a spiritual path earlier and earlier and earlier as as a collective. Like obviously you always have people have that come to it early on a, like on an individual basis, but I really feel like collectively like your generation and the generation that's coming before is just you are just opening up to this path at such a quicker way, rate. You're coming primed for it. And um, so today, I mean, that's what my podcast is about, is really about sharing people's spiritual journeys. And the fact that we met at a soul remembrance retreat is just fascinating that, you know, you that we were both brought there. But I remember one night I was actually I guess I was jet lag and I couldn't really I couldn't sleep. But we had already connected on Facebook, like as you do when you meet new people. And I happened to be scrolling through your your news, your timeline and that sounds kind of creepy, but <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's totally normal in this, in this day. <laughs> right. I was like, oh, okay, I can't sleep. Okay. I'm just going to look at Facebook. And, but, and, but as I was scrolling, I came across this article that, that you had written mm. and you actually, you're telling something about your story that had happened probably about a year and a half prior to, to us being in New Zealand. And it was just, it was so powerful. It was heartbreaking. And I know a lot of today's conversation is going to be around what that article was about. And really, I just want to, on the outset, commend you for, for being the light that you are. Like, I would have never known any of that. Had I not been scrolling through Facebook that night, I would have never known that you have gone through what we're probably going to talk about. And you ultimately shared it that weekend, but you hadn't at that point. And so... I just want, I mean, on this podcast, I guess we're really just going to jump in, (laughs) jump in on this particular, this particular situation, because I really think that that has played such a huge role in in your personal journey. And I think listeners will, will be able to gain so much from your vulnerability and your willingness to share. So if you wouldn't mind kind of like, oh, share, I don't know where you want to start in the story, but I'll, I'll let that be on, on your side as to decide where you'd like to start. Yeah. Thank you so much, Shanna. And I also just want to let you know how grateful I am to receive everything that you just shared with me. Uh, it feels so good to hear other people's perspective of who we are, because I think we get, you know, as much as we love who we are, um, sometimes it's really nice to hear someone else share with you, um, what you mean to them, because you don't see that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So thank you. (laughs) Sure. Yes, for sure. Uh, So I, uh, 
on December 7th, 2016, I married the man of my dreams and I did it in quiet. I did it in secret. I didn't tell anyone. It was this thing that I did and it was business. <laughs> so, so weird, but we're not going to get into mm-hmm. all that. So, um, fell madly in love in Newark, New Jersey. We then drove back to Ohio so I could move back to be with my family. We had all these massive dreams. We we're going to travel, um, travel the state, travel the world together. And we just wanted to get right to it. So we mm-hmm. got up and out of Newark <laughs> less than a year um, after we um, after we had started dating. Uh, I think three weeks after we got married, we moved to Cleveland, Ohio. And four months after we were married, after we just had a picture perfect life to the point where I remember vocally telling Marco, my husband, Mm -hmm. that life was too good to be true. Mm. And remembering how often I would say that to Marco was a really eerie experience for me um, in the, in the coming year, because four months after we got married, my husband was taken for me as I knew him. Mm-hmm. And today he is still in a vegetative state. Um, we're going on four years mm. post his accident. And that was really difficult. Um, as anyone can imagine, I was 24 years old at the time. And I was told that it was my decision whether or not to pull the plug on my husband. Mm. And what what never prepared for that? (laughs) Of of course not. Of course not. And and what is it that that actually happened? Yeah. So he was riding his bicycle home from work Mm -hmm. uh, at about one in the morning Mm -hmm. and he was hit by a car head on. Mm -hmm. And it's so sad because he he had just gotten the bike. I had even helped him get the bike because I think he adored how much I loved riding my bike. <laughs> so he wanted a bike right. and I helped him get a bike. And uh, yeah, it, um, he didn't make it home that night safely, okay. unfortunately, right. at all. <laughs> oh. <sighs> yeah. So you found your you found yourself in the hospital facing I mean you're you're 24 years old you've been married just four months and you're having to face this horrific thing that your husband has a traumatic brain injury things are Mm -hmm. not looking good and I mean I just no I I mean I know so many people out there so many people have stories that are you know that you just never think about and this is one of those stories that you you don't think is going to happen but you find yourself in this situation and you're going and you're obviously asked six times if you want to f- fully let him go. And of course, yeah. with that spiritual side and with believing in, in, in the power of miracles and faith and all that kind of stuff, you can just imagine why you would want to say no to that. Yeah, so, I yeah. Sorry if I did I interrupt you. No, 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 no. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I was fully convinced for about a year and a half that he was going to come back to me. Mm-hmm. And I did everything in my power to bring him back to me. I, I really, truly did. And so I think what, for me, what a powerful point of your story is, is that I met you after this has occurred. I met you after you faced all of this. Of course, it still comes back to you, I'm sure, in waves. But you, at this point in time, just a short year and a half later, are are in this world at a retreat on the other side of the world, choosing to be a, a light in the world, choosing to be at a soul remembrance retreat to help connect your soul and connect to your purpose in being here. Oh, can you help bridge the gap of where you went from in that year and a half of how, how did you get, how did you get to New Zealand at that point in time? Like what, what were some of those things that, that helped in your moving through such pain? The first point that I would say uh, that's really coming to my mind is the fir- the very first thing that happened that helped me get to where I am today. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you the very first thing, like the, first 
thing that was a part of my shift in a way that I had no clue Mm -hmm. that this would be so pivotal. My father sat with me in the waiting room one day. You can imagine how heartbreaking it was for my entire family to Mm -hmm. watch me go through this. And they went through it, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was heartbreaking for me to see their pain. Um, My father sat with me in the emergency room. And he told me a heartbreaking story about someone he knew and loved who had experienced traumatic loss of a partner. Mm -hmm. And it absolutely wrecked her. And tears welled up in his eyes and he looked into mine and he said, Jordan, please promise me you will not allow that to happen Mm -hmm. to you. Promise me you will not allow this to break you. Mm-hmm. And I said, I promise you, Dad. And did you feel it? I mean, did you me. feel like the shift? <laughs> you that's when you felt the shift and in, in in that making that promise. Like it felt aligned in making that promise, or it was something you were gonna work towards to keep that promise. You see the difference I'm asking? Yeah, you know, I totally I it's definitely more of the uh the latter. I I or maybe the former. I'm a bit shaken up. I can't even no, remember no, which thing I, you said I first. know. Yeah, and, and, and again, I thank you for your willingness to have. I've actually never, I've never facilitated a conversation like this too. So, um, so I'm just, you know, trying to letting intuition guide us and just holding, yeah. holding space the best I can. <laughs> and just remembering that I know that your powerful soul, your story is powerful, that it's going to serve and it's going to help people because this pivotal decision that is occurring with what your father what your father is asking of you is so 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 huge and I'll just share a personal story that I usually never go here either you know this about me but I'll go ahead and share (laughs) it um and so I think about like in, in my in my own life and I see this as something that was the person going through this story is my mom in the story it's not necessarily me as the kid but when I was about two and a half years old, my brother was a year and a half. My mom was 27, so she's your age right now. She learned that her husband, my dad, was killed in a head-on collision. Six months later, her brother lost his wife to, um, she died of an, of an aneurysm shortly after giving birth to their second child. So you have two people who are almost in ideal situations having lost their partners and what I know from watching these two lives unfold over the next 40, plus, 40, almost 40 years since then, is that my mom is the one who chose to do what your dad was asking in that moment, is to not let that moment stop her from being joyful, from doing what you need to do in life to be a functioning, not just functioning, but more than functioning, being just vibrant in life. And whereas my uncle made a different choice, he went down a darker path and that has, it turned, you know, alcohol, alcoholism, that kind of thing. So you just have these identical situations, not like perfectly identical, but similar situations to where you have these choice points in life where you're going to either go into this deeper darkness and it's not, or go into it for a long, a longer, a longer time frame. Like, of course it's, it's obviously people need to go through grief and grow through pain and do that. But what I'm talking about is over the longevity of the rest of your life. Are you deciding in that route or are you deciding in this route that's going to allow you to continue to live in vibrancy and to live in light I saw my mom do that and I saw that you've already made that choice and that you've been doing that for the last few years. And I've also seen an example where someone in my family didn't do that. So I think that that is so powerful for people to know that, oh, oh, and one tiny similar situation is I remember when I was a kid, I would be, I was probably elementary age and a family friend that we would, they would babysit us and my brother and I would stay at their house a lot. And the mom of the household, I remember her, I, like, I remember where I was, it was like in the hallway near the bathroom. And I remember her saying like, don't ever use what happened to your dad as like a negative thing. Like, like, don't be a victim in your life because of what has occurred. And at that point, I never had the thought to do that, but I just remember that this adult is phrasing that for me. And I was like, 
well, I never, I don't think, you know, I was not planning to. And then I just have this like distinctive memory, memory of that moment. And, and I haven't done that. And so again, I just highlight how powerful this moment is for you with your dad in the waiting room, him asking you to promise to not go down this path that just doesn't allow you to, to live in a vibrant way. So we're kind of like back into that, back in that space. You're making this, you're making that decision. You're making that choice. And I'm sure in that moment, you don't feel the ramifications of it because it's still just, you're in the waiting room and you're, (laughs) (laughs) but you you do see it play out. Cause right right now we're talking about like, how did you end up coming to New Zealand where there's full of life, you know? And so that was one of those key decisions. And so what, what kind of happens from, from that point that you, you pocket that information, you keep it with you and it, and it starts to feed you at some point. Yeah. So that was huge. And, um, I think something that you just shared with me was very key in, in what got me to that next point. And it's that you mentioned that you didn't stay in that, that dark place for a longer time. So I, I think that's really key because throughout my journey, um, I, those dark moments still come. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions of people who go through something like that and then end up really happy. Mm-hmm. I think people misinterpret them like, wow, they've got something special. They're, they're just happy. Mm-hmm. Like they don't, <laughs> they don't, they don't go to that dark place ever. And I'll be really honest with you, Shanna. I told you yesterday, mm-hmm. we won't get too into it, but last night I got into one of those dark places But what I'm so grateful for is I didn't stay in that dark place long. Mm. I don't even know if I would call it a dark place because yes, there were, there was darkness, but the darkness was so thin. It was so Mm. tiny because I am in control of that now. Mm -hmm. And can you share a little bit more? What do you mean? Like for the audience, like, what do you mean? Like you're in control of it. It's more like you're, you're in control of your, your thoughts or your response versus a reaction to this, to what's occurring. Yeah. I mean, you know, everyone knows we can't control everything (laughs) in life, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. but there are things you can control. And one of the things that you can control are your thoughts. I fully believe you can control your thoughts. It takes work. It's not easy. Mm -hmm. I am not a master in it, but I I'm pretty good at it. Yeah, you're you're having a lot of practice. <laughs> maybe maybe because that's what happens with the, with catalysts that are as massive as the catalyst that that you've been put that you've gone through is that it it will force you to to master that skill because it's offering you the catalyst much more rapidly yeah. than someone who's kind of like muddling through life where things are not that bad they might be bad enough to be frustrated but they're not horrific they're not horrible so again this was like something like you're saying you're being able to master it you're 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 feeling these waves of pain or grief or darkness however we want to categorize that and you can come out of them at a quicker rate and I think that's the case for anything that like that we're if we're trying to move in a certain direction rather it's you know, even just on a normal spiritual path of just coming out of normal fear, not like traumatic fear, like the more that you have, you meet those thoughts and the more that you course correct, the faster your mastery gets. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's really important that when you, when you meet those points that you feel into it, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter if you're at a family event, it doesn't matter if you're at a grocery store, it doesn't matter if you're home in your bedroom, if a wave suddenly hits you, if something triggers you and it brings you back to that dark place, you have to face it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, like you have to, there's no, maybe there's no, maybe later there's, there's no, okay, I'll face it. in an hour, even 10 minutes, what has worked for me is whenever I feel that wave come on, Mm-hmm. of pain. I tune into it and I feel it and I cater to it and I give myself love. Um, I give myself space from others. If I need it, it doesn't matter where I am. I, I, I really honor that part of myself. And, and I think that's been a huge key in that process. Beautiful, beautiful. And so 
And so what else begins, what else has, is occurring from that, from yeah. that, that moment to, um, to where we are today? Like it, it becomes like you're at one point, you know, I, in reading the story, you're very, doc, you documented a lot early on, which is fascinating. You documented with pictures, how you felt in a day, how you looked in a day in terms of like, what I mean by that is more the emotion, the picture, what the picture is showing of the emotion. And, and you're moving and you begin to move through it. You begin to see these, these choices, like that major choice with your dad and then more like the daily choice. And, and what I'm guessing and correct me if I'm wrong is that you continue to make those choices enough to where your life starts to come back, come back online a little bit. Like what, what starts to happen? Yeah. So the next, um, the next year and a half, um, was the most difficult by far. Um, I lived at the hospital, uh, practically, um, you know, he was in and out of nursing homes and a lot of battles with nursing homes, Mm -hmm. um, because of a lot of problems, you know, nursing homes couldn't keep him and I would fight and fight and fight and I would get them to keep him for three more months. Mm -hmm. And they were convinced that they could just send me home Mm -hmm. with a hospital bed and I would be a okay because Mm -hmm. that's the system, you know, that we have, unfortunately. And, um, it just wasn't okay. So I pushed and I pushed and I pushed. So about, um, from April to December, um, Marco was in and out of, um, surgeries and hospital visits and all that. And at that point, uh, we realized he had to come home. So mm-hmm. we brought him home to New Jersey to his mother and father there. Mm-hmm. And um, they still care for him today. God bless them. Mm-hmm. And um, I lived there. I Again, I was fully convinced I was going to have my husband back. And, and I just continued doing whatever it was going to take. So I then lived with his parents for about six months. Okay. And it was really, really, really hard on me. Um, really damaging to my soul. Mm-hmm. Um, as much love as I received, it wasn't, it just wasn't what I needed. It mm-hmm. wasn't my, I, I, I think I realized, I realized that I was actually dying. Mm. I wasn't living. I was literally dying. You know, and, and I try to balance it with going to the gym. I went to kickboxing classes mm-hmm. and the grocery and the grocery stores as much as I possibly could. That was my way out, you know, mm-hmm. and that was my way in. I should say that was like my way into me again. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. And, um, of co- by the way, of course I, I had a counselor who helped me tremendously and I have an incredible family support system. Mm-hmm. But what it it really came down to was me realizing that I was dying. Mm. And and I and I was just like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I have always since since before I can remember, I've always believed that I'm here to change the world. Always. Oh, that I love that you have that connection. Yeah. Totally. And and when I start like remembering like, oh wait a minute, I'm here to make a massive impact on the planet. And I can't do that right now. I can't mm-hmm. do that if I'm sitting still and not living for me. I was, from my perception, from what I understood, I was forced to now live for caring for my husband. Mm-hmm. So at some point I realized that I was no longer living for myself. I really started to tune in with that and and think about how that felt. And I just knew that that wasn't okay. Um at one point in March, March of 2018, which is the year I met you, mm-hmm. <laughs> I went to Costa Rica, my paradise. That's your and, heart. <laughs> oh, my heart. I love Costa Rica. Um, so Marco and I had plans of living in Costa Rica someday. Um, maybe raising kids there, you know, mm-hmm. life is um, life is no joke. So. I go to Costa Rica and then there's another really pivotal moment for me. My friends want to go on a walk down the beach to see the whale's tail. And I really wasn't feeling it. And I didn't know why there was like this resistance. 
And I was like, what else am I going to do? I guess I was starting to feel a little down. Um, I wasn't even as good as I am today at really tuning into that, you know, Mm -hmm. when you're feeling down. So I decided to go on a walk to the whale's tail, which is this beautiful, um, uh, beautiful area of the beach, um, in the ocean that, that looks like a whale's tail, (laughs) volcanic rock. And it's so cool when the, when the tide goes all the way out, the, you can actually see the whale's tail and you can walk on it. So we made it, it was about a 40 minute walk and we made it to the whale's tail and we walk out and I started feeling really introverted. I'm a very extroverted Mm -hmm. person. So I started feeling like, whoa, I need to be alone. So I'm like, okay, I'll listen to that. So I go and I find a rock on the whale's tail and I sat down and I just bawled my eyes out and Mm. I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm like tuning into this, like, what is going on? And And I realized, I actually remember saying to myself, and I wrote this in my journey, Costa Rica is no longer my paradise. Mm. Because I was supposed to be here with Marco. My mind was telling me, you're supposed to be here with Marco and you're not. So you can't, this isn't your paradise anymore, Jordan. Wow. And I actually convinced myself of that belief for, I don't know exactly how long. But it was devastating to the point where when I returned back to New Jersey to continue caring for Marco, I became severely depressed Mm. because of that new thing that I had allowed to live in my mind, Mm -hmm. that Costa Rica was no longer my paradise. Which was actually covering up a deeper truth for you. Yeah. Yeah. So at that point... um, I had a really hard conversation with Marco's mom Mm -hmm. because I just knew I had to go. I knew I didn't know where I had to go, but I knew I had to go. Um, I had to pick myself back up and I had to take care of me again. She said something along the lines of, honey, no problem. You can go back to Ohio, spend time with your family. I'm sure they would love that. And I said, no, like, I got to go back to Costa Rica. (laughs) I got to, I got to go back to Costa Rica. So, um, teaser, I did move back to Costa Rica for good, (laughs) a a good six months, but it wasn't for about a year later. Yeah. So something really cool happened shortly after I moved back to Ohio and I, I saw on Instagram that an individual named Juan Pablo Barahona had followed me mm-hmm. and I was just thinking, this guy looks so familiar. So I go to look him up online and I confirmed that in 2017, in February of 2017, I had met this individual and he had led a cacao ceremony at an Envision Festival in 2017. And let, just for listeners, can you explain both A, what Envision Festival is, and B, what a cacao ceremony is? <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, so Envision Festival is an incredible festival. Um, if viewers have heard of music festivals, it's basically a music festival. But to Like be for honest, yogis and like lots of yoga people, yes. go, right? Lots of yogis, lots of art, lots of meditation, lots of drum circles. Um, fire. There's a fire that is usually guarded by an indigenous, excuse me, that's usually guarded by an indigenous um, individual. Um, and it's just a really beautiful space. Every time I've gone, I've gone about three times. And every time I've gone, it's just so transformational. It feels, it feels more right to call it a transformational mm, festival mm-hmm. because... You cannot go to Envision Festival and not be transformed. I mean, I suppose you could, but <laughs> it is, that would be really hard. I mean, it is just a life-changing experience. Very cool. A cacao ceremony is something, it's, it's every cacao ceremony I've attended, it's a bit different. But the essence of a cacao ceremony is really celebrating the sacred plant, which is cacao, which is the plant that chocolate is derived from. Mm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know if most people know, but chocolate is derived from a fruit and it is delicious. It actually has a flesh around the seed. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yes. 
It's so, so good. I have some. I will send you some, Shannon. <laughs> well, thank I you. Will. It's so good. <laughs> um, and a cacao ceremony, real, it, it's, oh, it's incredible. Just describe the, the cacao ceremony that Juan Pablo had put on that day. Mm-hmm. And it was unlike anything I had ever experienced, by the way. This is 2017. Mm-hmm. I would have been 24 at the time. This is two months before my husband's accident. Mm. But I was there alone. Mm-hmm. And I, first of all, the cacao ceremony wasn't even on the schedule. It was like a a pop-up mm-hmm. um, a pop-up event that you could go to because that's what Envision Festival is like. You know, you've got your music stages, you have your yoga tents, Mm -hmm. you have your all all types of different little pockets that you can go in and play in. And Juanpa, um, Juan Barahona, his nickname is Juanpa. So Mm -hmm. that's how I'll I'll refer to him. He put on this cacao ceremony, this beautiful, angelic woman who... Uh, the universe brought into my existence, like every year at Envision Festival, somehow, we never even exchanged numbers. She encounters me. By the way, this was my very first Envision Festival. Um, no, it was my second. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So she encounters me and she says, um, Jordan, there's this, there's, I don't even think she knew my name. She's mm-hmm. like, hey, there's this, there's this event tonight at 1030 it's not on the schedule. Um, you know, maybe I'll see you there. And I just felt in my soul. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Whatever that is. No idea what a cacao ceremony is. I'm going, <laughs> she told me what time and where, and I was able to convince some of my new friends. Cause I was traveling alone. I was able to convince some of my friends to go to this cacao ceremony with me. And it was just incredible. It was I don't remember exactly how many people were there, maybe about 50, um, no more than a hundred, definitely mm-hmm. no more than a hundred. And we gathered around and we danced together and, um, Juanpa led this amazing ceremony where we locked arms and we, and we danced and we moved. And, um, at one point there was a circle of people and he divided, he pulled half of the circle inside of the other circle and created two circles of people. Mm-hmm. He had us face one another and give each other eye contact, which is something very special. Mm-hmm. I remember a very special moment of having eye contact with you at Soul Remembrance. Mm-hmm. I do too. That's really big for Wampa, this eye contact. It's huge. And he, what we did was both circles locked arms as they're facing one another and they began spinning in opposite directions. And we made eye contact with every person at that ceremony. And we did things like that for, I don't know how long. I don't think time made any sense at this (laughs) Kikau ceremony. Yeah. And we did other dancings and movements. And then all of a sudden, Juanpa started telling the story of the sacred cacao and how sacred it is to the land, to the indigenous people of Costa Rica, to the indigenous people of Central America, North, South America. It's this incredible incredible fruit i understand it to be the most sacred Mm. plants Mm -hmm. and at one point um he explains how indigenous hands had um, harvested this cacao and they had made it into this delicious drink that we all got to taste Mm -hmm. and i'm thinking no way like (laughs) wow i get to try it this is how cool cacao ceremonies are so at one point, um, this was something really cool to me. And I, and I, and I didn't even, this didn't, the significance of this hit me until years later, but the individual who brought out the cups, he came out through the crowd of who knows how many people and he handed me this tub. And I was like, what do I do with this? And why are you handing me this tub? Mm-hmm. And um, this man's name was Silvio. I actually met him uh, recently. Really? <laughs> it's crazy how the universe works. Yes. So he, he had me this tub and I was like, I look at him like, what do I do with this? And he tells me, take a cup, pass him around. <laughs> <laughs> so that was also really, 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 there was a lot of significance in that fact that I was told I was given the cups and I was told to pass out the cups. I got to be a part of the first cup of cacao that was poured at that ceremony mm-hmm. ceremony by people who I had no idea who they were. Yeah. 
in 2018, yes. I figured out that I was going to reconnect with those people. So that's kind of where we're getting with this. Story. It was, do you have any other? Yeah, well, I was, say, I was just. Oh, wait, I don't know before. if I'm doing a spoiler or not, but is <laughs> <laughs> the person, the woman who who told you about that ceremony, is that Regan or she comes in later? Oh wow! Well, that would have been so freaking cool, but <laughs> she wasn't. Okay, but she prepared. Regan, <laughs> yes. So Reagan, Reagan, I c- come to find out a year and a half later, Reagan and Wampa had just met mm. shortly before that cacao ceremony. They had just met and Reagan had helped mix the cacao <laughs> that awesome. I would then drink. And just for listeners, this in case you weren't, you're not connecting the dots, Regan and Wampa. <laughs> Are the two people who put on the retreat in New Zealand that Jordan and I met at. And so they're both very powerful souls. And as partners, they're doing powerful work in the world. So this is how it's like light bulb moments for for Jordan, for you recognizing like who all was involved in it in those in that particular ceremony. Yeah. So what do you think? Should I uh, get back to how this relates to soul remembrance? Yes. (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to bring you back to 2018 where I'm going, you know, I just moved back to Ohio. I'm like figuring out how to take care of myself again. And, and I said, I'm this guy named Wampa followed me. So yes, I confirmed that it's the Wampa from that cacao ceremony. And I was like, well, that's freaking cool. And I'm a, I work in social media. I'm a full-time mm-hmm. social media director. I've been building brands on social media for a few, for four years. So I kind of realized like my, my mind told me, well, he only followed you because he's trying to get followers because that's how it works. Yeah. And, and, and that's not a bad thing. Right. I do that daily. I follow people oftentimes because I, but it's not just because they want followers. It's because I feel that they resonate with me and I want to connect with them. Mm-hmm. So my mind is telling me, you know, that's probably all that's happening here. But my soul was like, no, 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 this is special. <laughs> this is special. And you need to follow him back and you need to find out what he's up to. Yeah. So I, I start to follow and I'm like, wow, this, and, and, and this is one of the first times I'm really to kind of get to know him. I'm like, this man is doing incredible work. Mm-hmm. I had no idea the people I was working with at that cacao ceremony. Like, <laughs> That's true. This is amazing. Oh my God. So, and then I see, um, his partner who is now his wife, <laughs> I see his partner and she's freaking amazing too. Mm-hmm. And she's talking about stuff on her channel on her Instagram page that I've never even heard of, like <laughs> a living in abundance. Yeah. And that's something that I had just never articulated right. when I was 24 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, how to attract wealth into your life. I'm like, wow, you can attract money into <laughs> your life. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that was just such a cool entry point. It was such a soft soft, perfectly divinely timed entry point into their work. Mm-hmm. So then I'm following Regan and I see her at some point post about thing about soul remembrance retreat. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, uh, I need to know more about this. Right. I think I saw her. <laughs> she gave a webinar and, um, whatever the call to action was to follow up with it. I sent it and, And then I remember feeling so honored that this woman who was so powerful was willing to take the time to respond to my direct message. Mm -hmm. She was willing to hear me out and see if maybe we could do some form of work together that felt really special to me. Yeah. And, and I just felt the connection and it was undeniable. And I will be super honest with you. When I heard the price of the event, mm-hmm. I was like, again, my mind came in. I was like, I don't know if I can afford this, right. but these, there's blockages I'm explaining to you are blockages that I have transformed and let go of in so many ways. And all of this is what led to what happened in New Zealand. And what happened was my soul said, you will do whatever it takes mm-hmm. to get to this event. That's awesome. And I, my mind was coming in like, Jordan, you're only, I think I was making $35,000 a year at the time. So there was mm-hmm. all these, yeah. you know, and, and then Jordan, you just moved back to Ohio. Jordan, you got a, you have a husband yeah. here that you need all. And I just chose not to listen to that. I didn't say, Oh, my mind is terrible. And it's trying <laughs> to attack me. I just said, 
okay, I'm going to, I choose to listen to my soul. That's, so that's powerful. That choice comes in. Yeah, that's super powerful for, for listeners just to take in on like any intention or excitement that requires you to move in a new direction. And there's a lot of noise in your mind when you stand for what you want, the noise can fall away. You don't have to fight the noise, but in the standing for what you want, the other stuff doesn't have a foothold like you don't have you don't have to resist it you can just stand for what you want and let the other stuff fall away and dissipate and it may take it may take like double downing on that first stance but you know keep double downing yeah so you get so you so you say yes to this and 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 really this retreat was one of those things where it was like the souls that were supposed to be there knew you know were called to it or said yes to it you know it wasn't a huge event i think there were maybe 20-ish people so it wasn't like a massive hundreds of people type event and um so you get there is that i don't want to skip over anything but you get to new zealand because your your (laughs) your soul (laughs) says like hey i've got i've got to be here and i I don't know if at this point you've had any other interactions with wampa or or regan and, and that's related to your healing on your journey i don't know if they know your story i don't know like if any of that has occurred or does occur in the future to like directly tying into the pain that you're moving through or more it was about the alignment with the soul Honestly, it's a little bit of all of it. Um, I, I continue to work with both Reagan and Wampa now. Mm-hmm. I am working through some healing certification with Wampa. I'm working through online empire builder with Reagan. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm being coached by a woman who, Nicole, who is also at Soul Remembrance. So that yeah. Soul Remembrance she is a, indeed a part of all of it. <laughs> yeah, isn't she a head coach? For Regan's company, or she was at one point, I think so. Yeah, that's amazing. Whether whether or not she's, yeah, she's, she's amazing. (laughs) So you've got, so this, so this soul remembrance retreat, was that like your first entry point into like more the deeper spiritual path? Or did you have like some other stuff before that to kind of ramp up to it? Or this was like really where the, where the more the transformational work has been occurring? Well, I've always been quite spiritual. Mm -hmm. It's just taken different forms. That event was absolutely the first time I had ever ever experienced some of the elements that we experienced, you know, the lessons we were given, um, the possibilities that I was exposed to that exist within me. That, That was the first time that I had any of that had really been revealed to me. Rewiring of our chakra system, Mm -hmm. learning about DNA and um, how many more strands we need to activate. A lot of that was very new to me, but I grew up very spiritual. I mm-hmm. grew up um, um, super Christian, I always say. <laughs> and like when I was 12 years old, I was going to church four times a week to oh, the wow. point where I, to the point where I would be in tears worshiping. So wow. spirituality has always been something that I am into. And mm-hmm. to be honest with you, I've always, I'm, I, if I always say if there's one thing I'm a nerd about, it is spirituality. I love that. That's super cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you've always had this connection to yourself and to the, and to the divine. And this is all functioning together to, to continue to move you through, not only move you through this, the pain, but to align you with what you're here to do as you said you remember feeling as a child and and feeling it even prominently through going through the the process with everything with with your husband marco that you remember that you were here to make an impact on the planet and so something was coming online in that regards regarding um that that remembrance of your soul blueprint and so you start to to move into that direction move into alignment what am i here to do what is my purpose what is my calling is that kind yeah. of what was guiding you and continuing to propel you forward? Totally. And, you know, and that alone was was really hard for me, you know, because mm-hmm. when you experience something so rapidly um, that I experienced at Soul Remembrance Retreat. And I also want to say when I was 20 years old, I, I went to Jamaica and that was when I started I think that was kind of where I shifted into having more of an open understanding to spirituality. Mm -hmm. Um, I learned about ancestor trees and, um, 
you know, communicating with indigenous spirits and all types of, um, all types of like that. Mm -hmm. So with, um, help me remember exactly what you had asked me. Oh, I was just like asking how it's, how it's all, all working together to move you through the situation that you're going through with, with your husband and move you into a deeper alignment with knowing what you're here to do, like feeling just the idea of feeling a purpose and feeling a calling, however you want to phrase that, like those are, those are powerful things to align with. And I'm sure when you're going through your process with everything with Marco, that that it's hard to think about that. But at some point those, those things started to line up for you and propelled you forward. That's what I'm like, is that how it occurred or do you have more to add around that? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, Essentially, it's all everything I've shared so far is has gotten me exactly to where I am right now, which is a version like me, like I've never known before. um, Or I hate using words like never and all that, but they talk about (laughs) sometimes. Yeah, but you know know what I'm saying? It's, It's this version of me that I'm so proud of. I look in the mirror. I tell myself I'm beautiful all the time. I, um, I journal, I've finally discovered my life message, which is tune into you and you can change the world. Oh, I love that. Um, thank you. And that has just come to me in the past month or two. So I say that I, I, I just stress and urge that, that this is hard work because mm-hmm. I shouldn't say it's hard work. It's work, right? Because it's work. Um, work that I'm happy to do work that I love doing. And, you know, I've, I've given myself permission to just take, to take my time Mm -hmm. and, and I'm finally now in a place where I'm waking up again more than I ever have. And I'm so excited to see what 2021 has in store for me because I'm also in another massive, massive transformation. And it all is about what I'm here to do on this planet. Like you said before, mm-hmm. it is all about purpose and knowing that I'm here for something bigger, knowing that I'm here to change the world and truly doing whatever it takes to make that happen. And that's like, that's exactly why I wanted, wanted to highlight your story and highlight you is just that, you know, so often people are moving through life, not dealing with major catalysts in the way that you have. But they're also not asking themselves, what is my purpose and how do I align with it? Or if they begin to ask those questions, they start to let how their life is moving and kind of this, like the things they've got attached to in their life, like maybe, maybe the house, maybe the career, maybe the whatever. And if aligning with their soul required some shifting of that kind of stuff or actually having to do some work, as you mentioned earlier, to dig into it and figure it out, that feels like too much work. It feels too hard. It feels like blah, blah, blah. But what I like to showcase is that you did it that on an, on steroids because you had to move through such a deeper catalyst in order to create this change, in order not to create the change, but you had to move through that in order to align with more light in yourself. And so I just think that it's powerful that that you, you've had bigger challenges and you're still moving through them and you're still choosing to be a light in the world and you're continuing to invest in yourself and you're continuing to unravel more and more of your own layers so that you can embody and express like who you're here to be. And so I just, I like to showcase that. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. That's what it's all about. Um, and so, so really what I'm picking up from, from your story in terms of the massive transformation of moving, moving through it is that you had to choose in that moment with your father in the, in the waiting room to not let that, to not let this take you down a dark path and to make a choice for light and not to expect that it would be light all the time, but to remember that you always had that you had made this overarching choice to constantly come back to light, whatever it took, whatever it took working through, not repressing, not bypassing not doing any of that but just remembering this 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 definitive choice to to let yourself still live a vibrant full good life and I think for many people anything that you may might be going through a few if they can see that for themselves see that choice and whatever their situation may be big small whatever in between 
that they can just keep coming back to it. That no matter no matter what, that that you don't have to be stopped by the things that are that occur in your life in a, in a overarchingly negative way. You know, a definitively, I guess, negative way. And so, I'm just really proud of you for the work that you've done, the work that you continue to do, and who you're choosing to be, and what you're choosing to develop around just understanding the statement that you shared earlier, which is your message of what was it exactly again? Tune in. Wait, say the full message that you know you're here to share now. Yeah, it's tune in to you and you can change the world. I love that. I love that. And so you'll, you're leading the charge for that particular message. I love that. Yeah, thank you. Do you have like anything else that you would want to share to help, um, to help people understand your process or to um, encourage or inspire them to move anything they may have trouble with? Or do you feel like this, like we've kind of, we have covered it in a complete type way? What do you think? Yeah. So I think another thing that I want to share is that I want to share that, (laughs) that, that choice, yes, there's one choice and, and, and I really fully believe there is there, there will be one really massive pivotal choice for people when they're in that situation. But that doesn't mean that you have to continually remind yourself of that choice. And I don't want to leave this podcast out telling everyone that that wasn't the only traumatic thing I went through that year. That's true. Um, six months later, I lost my best friend mm. and then um, less than a year after that, it would have been about six, eight, about eight months after that, I lost my baby brother to suicide. Oh, I didn't and know that. I'm sorry. Thank you. <sighs> it's, you know, it's, it's awful, but I, when you go through something like that, you, you really detach yourself. I think this is what I'm getting at. A, another really huge key for me was not being attached to life as you know it. Oh, that's a, I like that. Keep going with your full thought around that. Yeah. You can't be attached to life as you know it, because that is what creates suffering. Mm. It was the moments where I laid in bed thinking about how much I just wish I could have had kids with Marco. The, the, I wish, I just wish I could have had more memories with with James and I, Mm -hmm. and I was, and I just wish I had taken my brother below glass as I had really wanted to do with him Mm -hmm. before I knew what was coming. And it's those moments where I was nothing more, nothing less attached to how I thought life should be that I felt the most intense pain and suffering. And in letting it go, you felt, you just felt immense relief. Exactly. And and you had, for me, I had to do it consciously. Mm-hmm. I had to consciously work, um, do soul work to go um, of those events. And whether that's through writing, whether that's through uh, breathing or just, you know, a meditation mm-hmm. session or just two deep breaths. Oh, that's good. I like that. I like the range you offered. Yeah. And it's probably as 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 a as another aspect of that, like let's say as you move into sharing this message that you're here to share, you're going to be more nimble and moving in what is required for that message to get into the world. You won't be so, um, you won't be so adamant and insistent that it has to be a certain way or come out a certain way or look a certain way, or like, let's say you create a business around it, whatever you might do, your, these lessons are going to transfer into that entrepreneurial spirit as well, because it's going to allow that more flexibility to, to move with the, with whatever obstacles may occur. Yeah, absolutely. And I will tell you one thing, if I hadn't said yes and gone to soul remembrance to, to the event that Mm -hmm. I met you at, I, um, I don't know. I'm sure I would have found something else that would have led me, you know, back to, back to these people who are, who have massively impacted me. But I just say that I'm so grateful that I chose to go there because I was exposed to individuals like you, um, 
like Nicole, like Mm -hmm. all these other people that were there that were living so ferociously and beautifully and fearlessly in their purpose that they, they, they were totally living and embodying this entrepreneurial lifestyle that I had never even thought about before. Mm -hmm. I hadn't thought that that was something I could do. You know, Mm -hmm. I chose journalism as a career. Um, I've been an environmental news journalist for the past four years and an editor and Mm -hmm. working in the social media space. Um, and I thought that was what I, you know, was Mm -hmm. here to do. I actually chose journalism because Um, I remember consciously choosing journalism and thinking, you know, I know like for so long I lived under the mindset, I know I'm not going to make money in this career, but I don't care. I'm going to do it. Uh I'm going to get this journalism degree. And I, and if I have to be poor, I'll do it. Mm. And, and that's what was so pivotal, pivotal about this, um, about what occurred for me, this awakening Mm -hmm. within myself that occurred when I met you, I was like, whoa is there another way? Is there Mm -hmm. another way I could do this? And what are the tools I need to gather Mm. so that I can fully live in my purpose? And that's what I'm doing even today. I'm in a massively transformational period where um, I know I'm just so much bigger than working for another company. You Mm -hmm. know, I am here to work um, for me. Mm -hmm. And, And in working for me, it's actually working for everyone else it's actually working for the entire evolution of the human species Mm -hmm. and that's what all this is really about and yeah (laughs) exactly when we're when we're in our purpose you know we are uplifting the whole like when we are in our purpose we're uplifting as you say the whole of humanity so I love it. And I, and, and again, you're coming to the, you're saying your journey might be taking long, but I see that you're coming to these things at a, at a younger, I see you coming to them at a young age. And so I think it's, it's super powerful. And I just love that your generation as a whole is waking up to ideas of purpose, ideas of contribution, ideas of service. And it's just, I see it flowering in you. And I, and I love that. Yeah. You it again. It just it feels so good. I always encourage my tribe, my community, to tell people how they see them, to give compliments. If you think about how amazing a person is, tell them because hearing things like that from you just feels so good. It helps me to really open up my eyes and open up my perception to really um, see my generation in a new light. Like after this call, I, I'm. I feel like that's one of my biggest takeaways. Um, I want to go and like find the people that are the same age as me and just honor them that are doing this type of work. Because yeah, yeah, maybe it seems normal for me because it's what I see and what I know, but maybe it's not so normal for other generations. So that's cool to think about. No, I think it's becoming more and more common now, but I know in my own generation, which I'm 41, so I'm well over a decade older than you. And, um, I think, or maybe this was my personal, like, I, I know this was my personal paradigm, but I also know it filters out to more than just me, which was like, you go to school, you get a good degree, you get a good, that leads you to a good, safe job. And you kind of like, it's like, almost like you're just focused on building a micro life, like a life that's going to be safe and secure for you, a life that's going to, you know, have benefits for you and your family, a life that's going to give you so much vacation that works for you. Like everything seemed to be about building this like comfortable life. The ideal fulfillment didn't seem to be a huge factor that was being asked, at least not in my journey, not until later. Um, The idea of contribution, making a difference to the entire world that was that type of thinking for me did not come along until later and I can't say that it's hugely rippled out into my whole generation I see it more rippled out in your generation yeah that's it's it's really cool to think about there's um I say often you know people say what they will about 2020 but I just believe there's some really cool things that are in the works with with the human species. And that's what I choose to think about. Yes. You know, that's the path that I choose to follow. Those are the types of people I choose to follow, to surround myself with. Because if you look past all this noise and chaos, you'll mm-hmm. find so many jewels mm-hmm. in, 
in being alive right now. Um, like even what you're saying about my generation Mm -hmm. and, and, and I've sort of articulated that, you know, versions of what you said. Mm -hmm. Um, I, what I know is that I can have conversations with my grandmother that she would have not been able to have with her grandmother. She, she, she tells me that, you know, and I think just that alone, the, the things that we are free to discuss with one another in public spaces, Mm -hmm. I don't think could have been spoken about 50 years ago, you know, and and we've got to start realizing things like that. We have to, to wake up to how freaking cool it is to be alive right now. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. And I love that, that (laughs) that we're both going out and carrying the torch for that, that vibration and those messages. (laughs) But, um, But no, like I, I feel that, I don't know. I feel like, I feel this has been a really good conversation and as I mentioned earlier is the first time facilitating one of this nature so <laughs> I appreciate yeah. you being being willing to do that and being willing to share and and it just trans sharing and um, sharing the lessons that you learned along the way sharing the perspectives that you have sharing your openness and your hungriness for learning and growing and expanding and just in general, being a light in the world. So I appreciate you so much, Jordan. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing sharing mm-hmm. yourself today. Thank you so much, Shanna. I, I look forward to doing work with you in the future. And, you know, who knows what that is. But sure. I know it'll be great. And I can't wait to see this podcast. I, I love your work. I love what you're doing. And Thank I'm just you. here cheering you on. And uh, until we meet again. Thank you. We are the love. We are the The music on the podcast is a song I fell in love with called We Are the Love We Give by Imaginary Future. It's available everywhere music is sold.